Folks, what is up? My name is Juan Ayala. I'm an actor and a writer from New York City, currently coming to you from Connecticut, my home state. Um, Due to the coronavirus pandemic, I decided instead of staying cooped up in my tiny apartment in New York to come spend time with family. So I am here in Connecticut with my family, as is my first guest is also home. He's not in Connecticut. He is home in West Virginia, normally in New York as well. But joining me for today's episode, our very first episode, is actor Alec Tincher. Uh, He is one of my dearest friends in this wacky industry in Enormous City. Uh, He is a stage and screen actor, a singer, dancer, all-around lovely guy, and he's just an absolute delight to talk to you about everything, and I'm so happy that he was able to uh, join me for the podcast as my very first guest. Uh, He was most recently seen in the Netflix movie The Half of It. Please enjoy this episode, this episode, (laughs) of Actors with Issues featuring Alec Tincher. Hey, how's it going? You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as I said, this is our very first episode. Um, and, it, you know, we are in the middle of, I think we're six weeks into our stay-at-home orders due to COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so we're in a very strange place. The industry has been shut down for a while now and for the foreseeable future. Um. So yeah, with the with the name of the podcast, actors with issues. What's your issue right now? What's what's your beef with the industry right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, first off, thank you for having me for mm-hmm. you know very first podcast. Um, great to do this during this time. Um, yeah. So my issue, you know, I I really don't think I have like a specific issue with the industry. However. I can say that, you know, when I first started my artistic journey, um, the industry itself seemed like it was this um, impossible giant that like this code that, you know, I couldn't crack. Um, You know, for example, if I said, you know, I want to be in a Marvel movie, somebody would say, well, you know, you have to get in front of the right people. And then, you know, I'd say, well, how do you get in front of those people? <laughs> well, you have to have an agent or a manager. Mm. Well, how do you get the agent and the manager? And just, you know, it's just like this unending um, turn of like twists and, you know, yeah. like, how do you do this, how do you do that? Um, but, you know, with, I think if you, if you want something hard enough and you work hard at it and you have faith, like, I think you, you and I can both attest that, you know, like doors open and things happen. Um, and I think it's it's such an interesting um, thing. People, there's a couple different um, things that sort of connect with that. Um, that this particular industry, while it is very competitive, there are so many other industries that are just statistically at the numbers just as competitive, yeah. um, just as saturated. Um, and you know, if a little kid tells you, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. Is like, okay, well, how do I be a doctor? Well, I have to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do, you, how do I get into medical school? Well, I have to do pre-med program first. Yeah. Okay, and to do that, you have to do really well in high school and get into the college. Yeah. With this particular industry, it's like, while it is very competitive, um, people forget that how crucial and expensive and, and competitive other industries can be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
no one's ever discouraged someone from being a doctor despite it costing them over a hundred thousand dollars in schooling and six years of their life life and and you know the possibility of not getting a job because you know i don't know it's just it's a it's a very strange concept that only in art are people discouraged from doing it yeah it's because of its competitiveness no i absolutely agree it's definitely a thing in society like you know back in um you know, back in the 1700s, you, um, in order to have a better life, you would go off to school and you would either become two things, a lawyer or, you know, maybe a doctor, mm. uh, because there were like the two professions. If, you know, if I was back in the 1700s and I said, hey, I'm going to go be an actor, um, you know, they, I don't know, they might try to burn me at the stake or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even today, um, you know, I can remember... Um, probably when I was, you know, probably late teens, early twenties, I remember telling someone that, that I was going to be an actor and they, they flat out laughed in my face. Um, so, you know, I think it's a little bit of persecution that, um, that we all receive, but, um, you know, if you're passionate about it, go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. don't let anyone tell you differently. Um, so yeah. And, you know, if there's any advice I would give any, actor young or old if they're not experienced and they want because i i feel like i've encountered so so many people who are like you know i always wanted like to act i just like i never knew where to start so i just like never bothered mm-hmm. i was like well you start by just doing it for fun like none of us as children got into this for the profession none no i've never heard of a kid saying like you know I want to be an actor because they make millions of dollars. It's like, well, not all of them do, but most of them don't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just do it for the love. It always starts as like a hobby. Yeah. And then you develop the passion for it. And that's how most passions start, I feel. Um, and with, with acting and performing and with the arts in general, it's just like people get into it for all types of reasons. If it's just a pastime to be busy, you know, Lord knows how many parents put their kids in in sports so that they can just have something to do. And the same with a musical instrument or with any type of art, really. A kid may never realize that they want to be an artist, like a visual artist when they're older until when they're little, they're like really good at painting or really good at drawing or sketching and like to try and make up cartoons and comic books. And then that develops into something else. Like it's, I don't know, it's just like this ripple effect that people think like, I feel like a lot of us have the same story of like, oh, like, you know, I love singing as a kid and that led me to musical theater. Yeah. And that led me to drama, to acting school, to television, you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's in a way to escape, um, mm-hmm. to escape the real world. And, you know, even people that, that aren't performers that, you know, live in New York and like come across the world to come see Broadway shows. Why do they go see Broadway shows? to escape they want to be you know they want to um experience something that's you know not of this world they want to um essentially just have an experience to get their minds off what's going on um and even i have left broadway shows and as soon as i walk out onto the street i'm like huh okay here we go back to the real world right (laughs) yeah right you got to suspend just plunge into the story for a couple hours and and just be part of that world like you know I've seen Phantom on Broadway four times now over the past like 10 years. Nice. And every time I go, I'm just like, 
and, and I mean, the, just the way that they, they execute it, obviously, mm-hmm. is beautiful. But, you know, you're immersed into this world and you're just watching this story unfold before you. Like, you know, some shows don't do that so well and some TV shows and movies, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a little too real. Yeah. I'm not a fan of those types of shows. Like, God bless all the hard work and all the people that put in all that hard work. Yeah. But I'm just not a fan of, like, this emotional drama i'm like look i don't need to like right now i'm not gonna watch a movie about pandemics or natural disasters no absolutely not it's i'll just look out the window and see the empty <laughs> streets and, and instead of watching i am legend like <laughs> <laughs> true um so what would you say um as an artist and as an actor um is the most common misconception um that you've learned maybe it's something that you possibly thought was one thing you learned very quickly that that was absolutely not the way that it works um you know i think a common misconception is that it's easy Mm. i think i think we have one of the hardest careers out there um you know people you know you're talking about people going to medical school and stuff i think acting training is in a very close race with going to school to being a surgeon Um, Mm. You know, I always hear about this um, this 10,000 hour rule, how you can't become a master at something until you put in 10,000 hours of work into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I really think um, people think it's an easy thing. Oh, you just go up on the stage and you, um, you know, gesture your hand at a 90 degree angle and say to be or not to be. <laughs> but it's really not it takes you know it takes a lot of hard work persistence um it takes a lot of rejection and um a lot of falling falling on your face but falling in the right direction yeah um yeah and going along with that i think a lot of people tend to like misconstrue what that question really is or what they think acting is like yes in a way acting for the most part is easy Mm -hmm. But building an acting career is very difficult because it's not like medical school or law school where you're given a stack of books and a guide. And once you finish all of this and you pass this exam, you will be qualified to get this job and then you'll get the job and you'll be pretty much good for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, you know, it is such a constant um, state of, of, of applying yourself and then trying to forget about like you know so many people give the advice when you go into an audition you know do the audition nail it as best as you can and forget about it absolutely i couldn't agree more otherwise you're gonna go crazy you're gonna go crazy wondering like how did i do well it's not like in high school where there's a cast list that's posted online on you know on the on the bulletin board and you see who you got and everyone got something like whether you audition or not you know and then it's your choice whether you want to do it or not mm-hmm. with this it's just like there are for i mean for television alone for like a co-star which is like usually a very small the smallest of speaking roles on a show is the co-star for those who don't know um usually like think law and order svu it's the little old lady who finds a dead body at the beginning of the episode while walking her dog you know she's in one scene working for one day she had to beat out about 2,000 other people to get that role because so many people are submitted for those tiny roles and only I've done the math less than 2% of those 2,000 people get an audition and there's only one spot, you know, it's not like, Oh, you didn't get this, but we're going to give you this instead. Like 
Yeah. It's just, it's so insanely competitive. And it's just like getting to that point. Like you said earlier, there's um, the process of getting a manager or a rep who can push for you to get an audition and push for you to get a role. And prior to that, you have to have like the right materials. Yeah. There's all that headshot, your reel, your website, your social media, there's like, you know, your package basically. Yeah. Um, what's something that you learned about like building, um, building up your materials in your package um, that you wish you knew say three, four years ago, or do you wish that they taught you in college at least? Yeah. So, you know, I got to say that, you know, when I went to college, it did not, it did not prepare me for the industry at all. I think, as soon as I started doing like, you know, waking up at 3 a.m. and going to these open calls and, um, you know, going to casting director and Tim says, I didn't know what I was doing. They didn't teach me that in school. Right. Um, yeah, but here's the thing about, you know, being an actor and, you know, building up your career. It's I feel like as much as we work and as much as we bust our butts off to get somewhere, it's never really in our control. You can go into, um, you can get caught into a room and have the best audition of your life and get great feedback from the casting director, but that producer may not want you. You may walk out of there feeling like you're on cloud nine, but you may not get the job. Mm. But that's something that you really just have to, you know, um, that you have to swallow the pill and accept um, and just really, you know, get about it as soon as you walk out the room. Yeah. And a big um, sort of like little ritual that people do that I know of, at least when it's something where you go in and there are sides, as soon as you leave there, the building, the casting, let's say you're going in for CVS, you're in the middle of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. As soon as you leave the building, take your sides, rip them up and throw them in the closest trash can you have. You will feel this sense of like relief and catharsis. Like, okay, I did it. This is out of my mind. If I get it, that's amazing news. If I don't get it, I'll probably forget. I even auditioned for this. Yeah. And I, you know who that's just the nature of it. Like of, of going in and just putting in your best work and that's it. Like, you know, you can't get mad about it because like you said, there's so many factors that go into casting someone beyond the audition that is out of your control because the casting directors don't have final say. Yeah. You know, they tape these auditions for a reason. They have to send it off to the network and the producers have to sign off on it. The, the network has to sign off on it. The, the director, like you said, mm-hmm. who, you know, knows the principal cast of what the show, if you look too much like one of the leads, they are not going to cast you. If you don't look enough like the person playing your mom, mm-hmm they're not going to cast you. If there's too many blondes in the show, they're not going to cast you. You know, it's just too many, not too many, but there's so many factors that have nothing to do with your audition that, that I really wish that young actors can, can come to realize that it's, it's beyond your control and there's only so much you can do. You just go in and you do your job. And if, you know, if you do your job and you nail it, the casting director is going to remember Yeah, and they will call you in for something yeah, else. Absolutely. That is what happens for sure. without even having to submit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's so funny. You were talking about ripping up the, the uh, text and throwing it away. I kid yeah. you not. The other day I was, um, I was watching off camera with um, Sam Jones and mm. he was interviewing. I've been listening to the podcast of that actually. Yeah. He was listening to our, he was interviewing Michael B. Jordan and he said, that's what he does. Yeah. And you know, I think it's always good to see these people that, you know, you potentially look up to, 
and really see what they're doing and how their mindset works in the room. So, you know, you can um, have a bit of success as well. Right. And you have to remember, like, so many of these actors didn't find what the majority of people consider success <laughs> until much later in their careers. Like, yes, there are shows on the CW and Freeform with a bunch of 20-somethings who <laughs> are paid an insane amount of money to do their show every year for multiple seasons, you know? And yes, but, like, yes, that's those particular networks and... Um, when you're in those very long-standing franchises, they're exhausted by the time they're done filming their season because they're filming over 20 episodes. And, you know, it takes anywhere from 8 to 10 weekdays to film an episode. So they're filming, like, 35 to 40 weeks out of the year. They have, like, their summer off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're filming up to 10 hours a day. And, you know, it's it's a lot. And, and I feel like... Um, you know, once you're on one of those shows, that's like, that's all you do. You don't really see those actors do other projects because they're just like, I need some time off. It's, you know, it's not as glamorous as people tend to think. Like, sure, with certain celebrities, it's like, you know, red carpet, interviews, all this stuff. But the majority of people don't do that stuff. The majority of actors don't do that stuff. Yeah. Especially television. Maybe if they got like an Emmy or Golden Globe nomination, but that's one night out of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um like there's a glamorous side to it, but people don't see the behind the scenes work. And, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, you can do an entire season and like do 20 episodes and these actors are burnt out. I would be, t- mm-hmm. I remember prior to moving to New York, I was, I was doing this Christmas show in, uh, in the state of Virginia. And the season mm-hmm. ran from November to December 31st. So after, you know, after Christmas day, We'd be doing these five shows a day saying Merry Christmas. And, you know, we're, we're trying to be so happy and, um, and joyful. But in the back of my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, get me off the stage. I'm so burnt out. I feel like I'm in this trance just doing the motions. Um, yeah. And, you know, you'd walk off stage and, you know, you know, I was very grateful to have the job. You know, it was definitely in my life for a reason. And um, of course. But, you know, it can definitely happen. You can definitely have those moments of like, shoot, you know, this is burning me out. And it just made me think. I recently finished, um, there's this Marlon Brando biography that came out by William H. Excuse me, what is it? William J. Mann was the author. It's called The Contender. Mm-hmm. And very early in the book, it talked about how Brando was in one of the, like a show very early in his career prior to uh, Streetcar. He talked mm-hmm. about how, you know, he would do the show um so many times and you know they put so many hours into it that like brando would get frustrated um so you know it can just go to show you like even the best of the best with somebody like brando can definitely go through that as well Mm. um and you know i've when i first started working in so nobody knows this really um i was gonna say for those who don't know most of unless you are someone that knows me personally you know this um, but you know, before, I was doing theater for years in Connecticut, where I'm from. I'm currently here now. Um, I do live in Brooklyn. Alec and I both live in Brooklyn, um, but because of the coronavirus, we decided to you know get out of Dodge um, and just be with our families for the time being. Um, but you know, before I moved to New York and when I first started working in TV and film, I was mostly as a background actor, and you know some of these, the principal actors are there longer than 
than you are because you know you're called in let's say an hour before you may start filming if you're in all the scenes of the day but they're they're two to three hours before that doing hair and makeup wardrobe running uh rehearsing things on set before the camera's even in the room you know so and then they're usually there for quite some time after you may not be in the last scene of the day and it's midnight and you've been filming since 6 a.m like you know there's <laughs> there are labor laws for kids on set yeah it's like a six hour max but for adults it's not the same thing and i remember seeing certain actors like really just get burnt out they would just you know in the middle of a take they'd say okay i'm sorry can you just have a moment and they just like put their hand over their eyes and just like breathing yeah it affects their performance just, like, yeah they're just like okay all right let's go one more <laughs> um you know working as an actor on like law and order same thing with mariska hargitay she is a beast because she is in like every scene of that yeah. show and she gives it her all. I mean, the woman's been on that show for over 20 years. Like, it's a hit for a reason. Um, I think it just got renewed for, like, three more seasons. Oh, wow. Congrats to them. Which is crazy. There's a ton of shows that have been renewed for multiple seasons. Um, but, you know, even her, she's been doing this forever. It's like it's like clockwork. Like, the back of her hand. You know, she knows that role like the back of her hand because she's been that person for 20 years. But still gets burnt out. Still giggling deliriously at, like, 1230, you know, half past midnight. And... Just because they're burnt out. They're human beings. And, you know, she has kids and she's married. She has a whole life. She has to go tend to after working <laughs> 10 to 16 hours on a set. It's, it's insane. It's, 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 you know, it is parts of this industry are glamorous. Others are very much. Yeah. Fun. I feel like, you know, it, it's, it's a young person's game for sure. Like if you don't have anything, um, any responsibilities like, uh, you know, a spouse or a partner or children, you know, you can definitely pull it off. Not saying that people who you know who do have these things can't pull it off they do but you know it definitely i think it definitely takes a toll on them for sure um you know i'm sure they would love to to be able to tuck their children in at night or you know like kiss their partner good night um yeah it's it's definitely one of those things where um you know it's a long day's work long day's work absolutely and it's like um like you said, it is sort of like a young man's game um, or a young person's game. And it's something that is like just looking at the differences between TV and film, like TV, because, you know, with a film, it could take anywhere from like five days to six months to film a movie, obviously, depending on the movie. Most movies are any, are like around two months, if not less than that. Um, but uh, with television like i said they're filming for 40 weeks out of the year because they're creating upwards of 20 hours of content it's not a two-hour film um you know and it's just very much a different there's just it's they're both such different mediums like it's the same sort of (laughs) in a way but you know it it, i'm having trouble finding my words right now (laughs) uh between the two mediums, there is such a vast difference in how you're approaching a role. Like with television, you may have auditioned for this on Monday and you're on set on Friday. With film, you usually have some more prep time. Um, you meeting with the directors prior to that. You have to travel and, you know, you're developing the character. It's not entirely shot chronologically, but you're sort of developing the character as a journey. It's not like with a, you know, a five-second co-star on TV that it's like, this character saying this line, that's it. There's no, there's no time to act. Just say yeah. your lines and move on. Yeah, and in movies, you know, you, you might get uh, two or three weeks of rehearsal as well. Um, so you can right. kind of have a, a game plan of what you're going to do when you go into the room. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Uh, I just want to talk uh, quickly about your latest project, um, which I just saw today. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, Alec appears on in the Netflix film, uh, the half of it, directed by mm-hmm. Alice Wu. Um, it is a coming-of-age story about a young Asian girl um, who is trying to help this young, one of her classmates, sort of um, win over this girl that he likes um, by writing letters for her, like, little love notes that he gives to her, but is really written by by the, by, mm-hmm. like, the main character. Um, and you appear close to the top of the film. Um, so just really, um, what was your role name? Yeah, the, the role name was called Senior Guy. Senior Guy. <laughs> but so in film, obviously, uh, just like in television, there are the um, the day player roles or the co-stars, the sort of quick moments that, you know, if it's in the cut of the film, it's because it was a necessary moment, um, which it is, mm-hmm. thankfully. Um there's something worse than booking something and then, you know, being so excited and you watch it, you're like, oh, I guess they cut it out. Like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> there goes any chance of putting mm-hmm. it on your reel. Uh, but um, what was your experience like on that set? Um, was that your first sort of feature film? Yeah. So that was like my first feature film. Prior to that, um, mm-hmm. I've mostly done some non-union TV shows. Um, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I was really glad for those non-union TV shows because they they work very much the same way you do when you're, you know, filming a movie. They're very professional. You know how, like, um, everyone's working, what they're doing, how they're setting. Up. So mm-hmm. as soon as they brought us onto the set, it was like, you know, um, it was like muscle memory. It was like riding a bicycle. I knew exactly what everyone was doing, um, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was just really good to have that prior experience going into that. Um, and those non-union shows, those were like the investigation. Yeah, discovery. investigation discovery shows. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if it's a local thing because we get them here in Connecticut. Do you know if you get that? Yeah, we get it here. Like I'll scroll through sometimes and see the channel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I'm just never sure with certain channels because you know it's a non-union show, so I'm like, does that mean that it's not like nationwide? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're coming out with more um, and more but, shows these days, so I think it's. Because- yeah, it's insane how much content they're like pumping out because they're getting a little tired of like the standard yeah. documentaries. They want to do like the reenactment scenes, make it more cinematic. Like I know so many actors in New York that those are their first handful mm-hmm. of bookings. And like you said, it teaches them a lot. Like the pay is not great. You know, you kind of get paid the same as a background actor, but you get some solid footage mm-hmm. for your reel, which is, as we were saying before, in order to get a manager, you have to have a reel that catches mm-hmm. their attention, um, some credits mm-hmm. under your belt. Um, I mean, it's so, how, how rare is it for like a completely inexperienced actor to, to, to land the job? You know, it's it, all these things that, that casting and, and um, representation, they all look for all these like particular yeah. things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but those non-union shows have been told that like it, they film it 
and treat it so cinematically as if it was like a major mm-hmm. network show. Um, and that's great because, you know, you don't want to go into a set and feel like, oh, they're not taking this seriously. You're like, nope, they're all getting paid to be here. That entire crew, this is their job. This is their livelihood and they're going to treat it as such. So, um, you know, the actors should too, What, despite of what the size of your paycheck is. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, for any actor or like aspiring actor listening to this, always be professional. Um, you know, I don't care if your background work or, um, you know, even doing something small like that, always be professional because people, they will absolutely remember you. Um, they'll remember how you worked. And, you know, and if you do a good job, um, they could call you back for something else in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about who you know in this industry. Like hard work is a lot of it as well, but it's also who you know. So, you know, if you can do the work and, you know, get the job done, people will remember you. It'll pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I, I hate the word networking because oh, it's so broad, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it this industry absolutely is about who you know. And it is obviously about how you market yourself, like we were talking about, um, you know, making sure all of your materials are on point. You have to have like a solid series of headshots, not just the one photo. And it can't just be a picture of you because I look at so many actors headshots and like these big, big Facebook groups that I'm in of a bunch of actors and people, you know, share 12 different shots and they're like, you know, would love feedback. And so many people, it's like, well, how many hundreds of dollars did you spend on this? And it ends up just being pictures of you. Like I see no character here. This doesn't tell me that you can play a lawyer or a lab tech or the sorority girl. It's just a picture of you, you know? Um, and, and, and your headshot is where it starts because if you have no credits, they still need a photo mm-hmm. to know what you look like to even consider yeah. you, yeah. um, and, and, you know, all that. And it's like, like you said, um, for any young actors, um, listening or for any actors that may not, you know, just haven't done much in the industry outside of school. Um, you know, we all start that way. We all start in school, um, unless you start a little later, um, but just treat it's a job. Treat it like a job because one day when you're on set as the lead of a film or a TV show and there are some background actors who are being rowdy and unprofessional, you're going to be pissed. So think of how the lead actors who, you know, are away from their families and, you know, yes, they're getting paid to be there. And, you know, that's like that's what they signed up for. But, you know, it's just to, to stay as professional and there and present as possible because it really is all about you know me and alec met on the set of a show where yeah, background actors like three years ago That's i feel like two or three years ago um um it was the punisher, punisher. Mm-hmm. yeah the nda was signed years ago <laughs> it's fine the show was canceled like it's oh, what we can talk about. <laughs> i think it was season two though yeah 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 um but yeah we were working a bit upstate um from new york as extras and a couple of restaurant and like bar scenes for yeah. season two of Punisher. And we just got to chatting and, you know, followed each other on Instagram. And then I think we took a workshop pretty soon mm-hmm. after that together. And um, yeah, just sparks out from there. And so many people, so many of the actors that I know, it's like from a Facebook group or from working on a short film. And you just connect with all these people because, you know, you're all on the same team. You want to work with people that have a good work ethic and who, who know their no, they're shit. <laughs> Very well put. <laughs> um, so uh, before we wrap up, I just want to do a quick uh, sort of rapid fire uh, okay. Q&A round. 
um, just answers as quickly as you can. Uh, take your time with this first one because it's it's a it's hard to come up with with names quickly. But three actors, alive or dead, who you want to share Ooh, the screen? With. Um, Andrew Garfield. Um, Solid. Michael Stuhlbarg. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's don't the dad in Call Me By Your Name. If you've seen Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like his work. Really enjoy it. Um, man, somebody could be dead. Let me think. Um, oh, wow. I don't even know. Um, you know, what? I'm just going to say Benedict Cumberbatch because um, I also love his work. I just watched... Um, during you know this crisis and everything all these theaters are putting out like live productions um and the uh the national theater put on his production of frankenstein Mm. or you could watch him and johnny Mm. miller um so i watched him do the monster and they also reverse the roles so you can watch johnny lee miller do the monster as well so you know definitely try to catch that as well some great acting so the two of them kind of do that in rep like one like there's also a, uh, another version where uh, Benedict plays yeah, absolutely. Dr. Frankenstein, uh, correct? Or no? Oh, it's so cool. What the yeah, heck? Yeah, and That's to really be able cool. to see their, you know, their different styles and techniques and how each one brings their own spin on, you know, the characters, um, you know, it's yeah. re- I think it's really good to see. I definitely encourage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, we're I'm digressing a little bit, um, but in general, whenever you do a, whenever young actors or actors in general, whenever you're doing a scene or a monologue mm-hmm. from an existing piece cross out all um pauses mm-hmm. all dot dot dots all stage direction that may be there and try your hardest not to watch where the scene or monologue is from because once you do it's very easy for that to sort of like engrave itself in your brain and you just do it like that because you're like oh this is how they did it and it was good so that's how i'm gonna do it try your hardest to make it your own and give your own take to it. Like there, um, so there was a, um, I can't say what it was, but I had a self tape audition, um, a couple of like late last year, um, for a project, uh, for like a major studio. And, um, because they're secretive and because these major studios try not to give any plot away, the scene, it, you know it wasn't specific it, it could have been from anywhere it was just like a you had to like make a strong character choice and add your little button to the end and add your your little inciting moment at the beginning because it was a pretty boring scene and it was pretty standard but it's like you have to put your own um context to it otherwise it is going to be very boring and they won't remember you but you know you have to sort of put your stamp on it um yourself in order to to even be like yeah, yeah absolutely you know just um if you have a piece of, of text or something just you know i'm taught to learn text by rote um without any inflection and then you know put the um mm-hmm. the emotions behind it you know you let the the inner life do the work and uh you know i think that's what um makes a good piece of uh of art mm-hmm. uh okay uh next one uh what is your musical theater dream role? Oh, oh man, this question. I, I have a love-hate <laughs> relationship with this question. Um, you know, there's a... It's like, where's my range today? <laughs> <laughs> there's a role that I've, I've always wanted to play. 
Um, it's from, it's not a musical. It's from mm-hmm. the play, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Um, and if you're not mm-hmm. familiar, mm-hmm. It, it was originally a book. And it's about this boy named Christopher. And he's on the spectrum of either, they don't specify, but it's either, um, he's, he's either autistic or he's got um, Asperger's or something like that. I think it's Asperger's, but I feel like it also isn't like exclusively. Yeah. And so he basically goes on this journey to find out who killed um, his neighbor's dog, Wellington. And I I saw the production in Pittsburgh a couple years back and I was, you know, I was incredibly moved by it. Uh, And, you know, and I bought the book and I was Mm -hmm. like, no, like this would be the perfect role to do. You know, I hope I can do this one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And from what I remember, um, the, very young actor beat out a bunch of like very known actors really? like Tony's that year. Um, yeah, he won the Tony that year for that. Oh my gosh. Role, I think. Um, and it's you know, one of the reasons because it was such a um, exhausting role. There was a lot of like, I guess you would call it stunt work on stage, a lot of movement because the the whole set is very technical and lots of projections. So things are constantly moving and he's like running all over the place yeah. and moving through this world. Um, and you're sort of seeing like our boring world through mm-hmm. his perspective um, and all these things changing constantly. Um, okay, uh, next question. Uh, director you want to work with for an Oscar beady drama? Wow, these are good questions. Um, a director that I would <laughs> love to work with? Oh, man. Um, you know what? I would probably say Christopher Nolan or, you know, I love the uh, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Love those movies. Mm. Um, he does great work. Um, what's Who's an actor that you would want oh to direct gosh, yourself? That I would want to direct? <laughs> what a privilege. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, good choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good answer, man. Uh, what's uh, and this is obviously the only one that only you can answer. Um, what's the role that got away? Oh, the role that got away. Oh, so there's a show that came out on Netflix, <laughs> um, probably in October. It was called Lock and Key. It's I think it was originally based on. I think it's based on like a comic book series or something like that. Yeah, it was, you I know, so. I watched it and, you know, it was, it was an excellent show, but that was the role that got away. I got called in for, for the main guy. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I got a oh, call really? for it too. And um, it went to a, an, another well known actor who did a very good job. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, dude. There's always there more. more. There are always more jobs. Uh, yeah, for sure. Of course. Um, I love hearing stories of actors saying that they were like heartbroken about this one project, um, and then you know the role went on to 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 go to someone else, and they were like devastated about it. But then they look at all these things in life, like, well, if I had done that, then my career went that way. I may yeah. never have met my husband, um, or I may never have booked this role that ended up changing my career. Or things like that. Like Stephanie J. Block was like the out of town mm-hmm. um, alphabet in Wicked, and then it went to when it went to Broadway, they gave it to Dino Nzel. Um, and but 
she led um stephanie j block went on to like join the tour or she led the tour mm-hmm. while the show was still on broadway um and it was on the tour that her husband who's also yeah. an actor sebastian arsalis he went on to play fiero in the Whoa. tour and that's how they met yeah so it's like you know like she was devastated especially like when adina won the tony like that could have been me like i could have that could have been my tony and my career could have taken off and all of this like well yeah but your whole but then she's like but then i look back and i'm like well, my whole life um you know completely changed um after that didn't happen because it went in this direction and if it went in that direction i would have been a completely different yeah person. you know that's i don't believe in coincidence i i believe that that everything happens yeah. for a reason um i mean like yeah. meeting you on the set of punisher like the things that you and i have done together throughout the past few years like mm-hmm. would have never happened if we met um you know i I encourage yeah. each actor to, you know, take every no um, and expect another yes. Like, it's not the end of your career. Everything is happening for you. It's your journey. Embrace it. Um, good things are going to come. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, what existing franchise do you want to join? Ooh. Um, you know what? I'm the biggest nerd when it comes to Star Wars. You know this? And, you know, they just finished the Skywalker yeah. saga, and I just heard where Taika Waititi, who directed Jojo Rabbit and, you know, Thor Ragnarok, he's actually doing another Star Wars film. And, you know, I just, I'm always just like, could I get on this? You know, like, I would love to, like, be in one <laughs> Star Wars film, even if it's just like a, a background or something, like, I'd be jazzed. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's crazy because like the Skywalker saga is done, but they're still gonna do like prequels and some additional shows. You know, they have like the Mandalorian, and they want to do an Obi Wan show. And you know, with Disney Plus, there's so much. There's a whole other avenue for them to do stuff. That just means there's more jobs, Um, more shows, more streaming. mm -hmm. Think we're in we're in the peak TV era because it's not Mm -hmm. just the big four networks and a couple cable networks. We now have. premium networks doing way more shows like you know hbo and showtime and you know like oscar-winning actors are going to do like limited series on hbo and stuff like amy adams had um was I it think so, yeah. animals is that what she was on mm-hmm. you have like big little liars and or big little lies um you know all like with hulu netflix disney plus nbc is coming out with their own oh, wow. in july called peacock um apple tv and uh amazon prime like there's so many places that are just pumping out tv and putting all this money into it and you know hiring unknowns because they just want content or they may have like like you know for apple tv jason momoa is like the lead in Mm -hmm. in the show c and you know you have him as like the driving vehicle of the show and you have all these other unknowns like you know you're helping both careers it's not like there's a new ensemble comedy with like six biggest comedic actors mm-hmm. on TV. It's like, no, there's probably one as like the, you know, the driving force and then a couple smaller, like stand-up comedians who maybe are getting their yeah. first like TV. Yeah, I, definitely, I think it's one of the best times to be an actor right now, not from a pandemic standpoint, yeah. but from like, yeah, not right now. Yeah, right and now, when people say like, general. oh, there's not a lot of jobs right now. Like there are like, there's so much content being created. Right. Um, you know, it just boils down to that. Like, you know, how do I get into the room? Da 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 da. Um, so yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> the the office. office or Parks and Rec? <laughs> uh, who is your favorite SNL? Oh cast member? gosh. Um, 
what is it? Um, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I've never been like a serious consumer of SNL. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> only until recently. Hilarious, but um, oh, who's the girl that did like Elizabeth Warren during all the? Yes, her Kate McKinnon. She's yeah, hysterical. Her is so funny. Uh, what is a TV show you want to join the cast Ooh, of? Um, probably Ozark. Netflix is Ozark. Good choice. That show is so <laughs> it's stupid so good. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love Jason Bateman. I absolutely adore Laura Linney. Yeah. Um, yeah, her work mm. is incredible. Uh, so just last two questions. Uh, what is the role that you feel you absolutely oh. made? Like, what's your best performance? You know, I'm going to... Time to get off the humble stool for this Yeah, one. you know, I... <laughs> I have to refer to this quote that I'm told in one of my acting classes. It's a quote by Martha Graham, the dance teacher. Um, and it's this beautiful letter that she wrote... Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't recite it from memory, but there's a part in the quote that says, it's not your business to judge how good it is or compare it to anybody else's. And so whenever you say, you know, what's the role that you nailed? I try not to think about nailing it. I really just try to focus on, you know, doing the work and just doing my technique um, and just using my instrument the way that it should be used. Because I feel like if I'm like, oh, I nailed this role, that's just my ego. That's my ego stepping in. Um, and hey. I just want to focus. So, um, so let me rephrase then. Uh, what oh, role yeah. did you have the most fun playing then? Um, <laughs> probably the the um, the very first ID show that I did, because they cast me mm-hmm. um, as the murderer. And I was like, you know, I'm a young guy. I don't okay. Know Did they see your reel? Because that one <laughs> clip you have is terrifying. This is prior to that scene. But okay. yeah, they cast me well, as, the, as the murderer. And, you know, we shot the scene where, like, um, I have this bat and I'm, like, beating this guy's head in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty gentle, fun-loving guy. Um, so it was just fun to do something different than what people expect me to be as uh, in real life. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, last question. Uh, in five words or less, what advice do you give to a young actor? This could be like, you know, fr- small phrases or anything mm. like that. It doesn't have to be like a cohesive sentence. Wow, that's tough. I would say... I would say go after it and don't stop. Um, I would say, what are you willing to do to get where you want to be? And that concludes the first episode of Actors with Issues. I hope all of the budding actors out there were able to learn something from our conversation with Alec Tincher, who is just one of the loveliest guys in this entire industry. Thank you, Alec, for joining us today. And for all of your handsome actor needs, go to alectincher.com and check out the Netflix movie, The Half of It. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Anchor. If you have something to talk about in a microphone, Anchor is your one-stop shop for all of your podcasting needs. So get started today by downloading the free Anchor app or visiting anchor.fm. You can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues, same name as the podcast, and tune in next week and every Friday for a brand new episode featuring a special guest from film, television, or Broadway to talk about acting, the entertainment industry, and life in general. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. Thank you all again, and we will see you next week.